I said to you, well, I'm going to say to you some words, and I want you to tell me who originated them. The devil made me do it. All right, anybody remember? Flip Wilson, yes. And, and the other response, what you see is what you get. But the devil made me do it. I can remember my mother used to say that. If I'd ask her why she did something, that might have been something fine. She'd just say, well, the devil made me do it. But um, So it became kind of a little buzzword in our house. The devil made me do it. So now I have a more serious question. Who here has never been tempted to do something they know they shouldn't do? Yeah, that's what I thought. We're all tempted every day. Temptation is subtle. It's enticing. It's meant to look good, to draw us in. And today's passages are all about temptation. Jesus has just been baptized, and he has gone into the wilderness to pray, seeking God's will. Now, what words did he hear before he went in? He was baptized. Remember, the heavens opened, and he hears the words, You are my beloved son. With you, I am well pleased. And so Jesus enters the wilderness. He goes into the desert to spend 40 days alone. Now, 40 days is a biblical number. And 40 days literally does not necessarily mean exactly 40 days. It means a significant period of time. So he has gone in for 40 days. But we run into 40, the number 40 a lot in Scripture. You know, Moses went up the mountain for how many days? 40. How long did they wander in the wilderness, the Israelites? 40 years. 40 is a significant amount of time until almost a significant until something can be discerned. You, get, you come to a deeper understanding. So we find Jesus in the wilderness, and the 40 days are up. Now, you got to know that he's hungry and thirsty and probably a little bit weak because it's been... A long time in that wilderness. So possibly, possibly, the devil sees him as vulnerable, easy to draw in. And he goes to him knowing how hungry he is because Jesus is human. And he goes to him and he says, if, and I want you to, I emphasized that word when I read the gospel. If, okay, Jesus, if you're really God, then God knows you're hungry. If you're really the son of God, God knows you're hungry. And we have all these stones. Those stones would have been shaped like loaves of bread. Turn these stones into bread because, obviously, it would be good for you to eat. And Jesus doesn't do it. He responds with scripture. Three, three different verses from Deuteronomy are his responses. That didn't work. So the devil says, 
You know, Jesus, there's this saying that the Son of God, if he was thrown down from a high place, wouldn't get hurt because angels would come and gather him up. So he says, if, if you're the Son of God, let's try that. Let's see if it really works. And once again, Jesus responds in biblical terms. So the devil, he's now down to his last option. And he says, come see what I want to show you. See everything that's going on. You know, all the wonders of the world and all these amazing things. And I, the devil, says, will give you everything you've ever wanted. If you will worship me. And Jesus says, be gone. Be gone, Satan. I am not falling in to who you want me to be. I'm going to be who God is calling me to be. Now, I'm telling you that very much in this wilderness, we see both the humanity and divinity of God. The humanity because he is hungry. He has gone in to pray. He is seeking um, God's will for his life. He's hungry. He's thirsty. He's tired. He's vulnerable. We've all been there. But we also see his divinity. He has come to know who he is and who he is called to be. And so he is able to stand up to the devil and um, hold firm to what he has understood in the call of God. So, let me move over here. Here we are at Lent. How many days? Forty days, a significant number. What's excluded from Lent? All Sundays. Sundays are feast days. Sundays are holy days. You do not fast on holy days. So if you gave up, as I know a couple here did sugar, they can now eat a whole box of cookies today and not break They're Lenten fast because Sunday is not a part of Lent. And if you actually literally counted the days from when we start to where we begin, if you didn't exclude the the Sundays, you would have more than 40 days of Lent. So we're in the 40 days of Lent. And that 40 days is supposed to be designed to be a time of seeking God, of seeking um, where he wants to touch us in our lives. In fact, it's really a time when we're invited to go into the wilderness of our lives. Where are the, the tragedies, the problems, the regrets that we have? Where in the wilderness We're invited to go in and reflect on those things and learn. We confront our grief, our fears, our disappointments, all of those things in the wilderness. 
just as we seek God's touch and hear his voice during that time, just as Jesus was hearing and seeking during that time. So the wilderness can be a dangerous place. If we open ourselves to those places of pain and, you know, whatever has happened in your life, the the wilderness can be a dangerous place because you are opening yourself to God's touch, to let him come in and change that place in your life. But I'm going to suggest to you that the wilderness is also a place of growth. The wilderness is where you and I can go and encounter the holy. We can go and experience and feel God's touch on our life and his desire to, to bring us in closer to him. So the question that I have for you today is where is the wilderness in your life? Where do you need to go and let the Lord minister to you in that place? And by the same token, I have to ask myself, where is the wilderness in my life? Where do I need to do that? Where do I want God to touch me during Lent, to change me, to grow me, to bring healing, to um, inspire? Whatever you need, it's there for The wilderness and the period of land is a time to look at how we define ourselves. Who are we? Who are we as the people of God? What temptations do we face? You know, it doesn't take much outside the church to tempt you. I mean, it's there 24-7 because culture tells you You're not good enough. You're not thin enough. You're not smart enough. You're not fill in the blank of whatever it is. You're not enough. You're not enough. That's what the culture says. That's a totally different message than what God says. But that's the culture enticing us into believing that we're not enough. Um, Remember the old bumper sticker? The one who dies with the most toys wins. Yeah, that's kind of a statement of culture's reality. That the more you have, the more you are. And that's not what God is saying. He's not saying that you're defined by that. So, and it's not what he wants for us. So, I have something for you that I want you to remember as you go into the wilderness during the 40 days. What were the words that Jesus heard before he went into the wilderness? You are my, the, with you. Okay. Those are the same words that he is saying to each of us as we go into the wilderness. As we go in and let him into the pain and the grief and the sorrow in our lives, he's saying, Gloria, you're my beloved, Curtis, Jim, Cindy, Whaley. You are my beloved. You are my beloved. 
and I want to touch you and heal you and bring you to wholeness. You are the beloved. And we, shouldn't, we need to never forget that. It's really hard to know that you're the beloved a lot of times and really believe it. Because there's a lot of people that tell me, I'm really not that popular. I'm not really that beloved. There are a lot of people that speak into my life why, you know, in negative ways. Well, not so many as there used to be. They're getting kind of used to me. But, um, but if you heard those words every day and believed them in Lent, if you got up in the morning and said to yourself, I am the beloved. God is well pleased with me. How would it change the way that you look at your life? So, I think it makes us more aware of the grace that we're offered all the time. It would make us more aware that we can let go of those places where we are wounded and not let those places of wounding define who we are. That's not what we want to be. We want to be defined by who God is calling us to be. Yes, those places are dark and they hurt. They're struggles. And that's why in this period of 40 days you're invited in to let God touch them, to lay them down. There's a lot of times that I'm just tired of carrying something. And I have to just say, okay. And I had a very number of years ago a very serious forgiveness issue that I carried a long time. And it was amazing because when I finally said, okay, I'm going to forgive that person, and I told you in Ash Wednesday, that does not mean what this person did was right. But I'm, I'm cutting off that tie that connects us. Shoot, it's like the whole weight of the world had lifted off of me. And that's what Jesus wants for us. That's what God wants for us. He wants us to be, to be free, to be able to grow in grace. Yeah, that reminds us that we're sinful and we need to repent. But it reminds us also that we are the beloved, the sons and daughters of God. Paul's letter to the Romans reminds us of the free gift of grace. The free gift. But if you don't open that gift, you haven't received it. I can tell you... That God has grace for you. But until you're willing to say, okay, I want it, you don't really understand it. Jesus has paid the price for our sinfulness. We're literally justified, made right with Christ. And all of that happens through Jesus' redemption of all of us on the cross. So, as we enter the wilderness... We're invited to find out also what God is really calling us to be. Where does he want us to minister? What has touched our lives that we can use to minister to someone else? Where are we called to extend forgiveness? Where are we called to give grace? And another serious question that I have is, 
What won't get done in the world if we don't do it? If we don't speak words of healing? If we don't extend that grace? I read this question, and it stuck with me. If you were on trial for being a Christian, would there be enough evidence to convict you? It's a pretty serious question when you think about it. I'm going to suggest to you that our town, our community, our world, they're all searching for meaning. They're all searching for life. I keep hearing about this evangelical revolution that is starting, and I've been trying to get more information where these different churches have just gotten together and are praying for the power of God to overtake this country, for people to be drawn into relationship with God, for people to know God, for people to set aside their disagreements and take time to love each other. And apparently it's spreading. An evangelical tradition, which means that it goes between different religious traditions like Episcopal or Methodist or Baptist. It's an evangelical. It's a Christian movement that is praying. I don't know if you know who Steve Brown is. Um, He's, okay. Well, he was one of my professors when I was in uh, school, and I get his ministry letter. And he says in his letter, this last letter that he sent out, he said, we are desperately in need of this revolution and that the saving grace for America will be when it comes, when it actually appears and people begin to accept who Jesus is. And Sharon told me this morning about going to a movie, and it was full, right? And it was all about Jesus. And she said people were clapping in the movie, and she said it was 1 o'clock, and the seats were filled. There are people out there dying inside, and they need to know the love of God. And that's what we are blessed to extend as Christians, to love people where they are, to bring them in. It's a challenge. It's the challenge of the wilderness, and it's the blessing of the wilderness. Because if you and I don't do it, if somebody doesn't start it, how does it ever get going? Amen.